0: Nothing, just a kid talking. Well, the next morning, he brings me his piggy bank. There's $7.20 in this piggy bank. I'm, and he says, Mommy, go buy blankets. And I'm thinking, I myself, okay. And we didn't have money. I didn't have money at the time. And we just lived a very simple, humble life at that point because we'd lost everything, our house, our cars, and I was staying with my mom. Um And uh, it was like, but this kid wouldn't stop. It was like every single day. This was in December and his uh, birthday is Christmas Eve. And he said, for my birthday, I want, I want to take 5,000 blankets and warm all those people up. So it's mm-hmm. just like, okay, here we go. So I just typed up this letter telling our story and I stood on the streets of downtown Fort Worth and I was extremely shy. I still am, but not, not as bad. And I said, on the streets of downtown Fort Worth and everybody that walked by, I made like a thousand copies of this letter. Um just telling our story. And everybody that walked by I said, take this, take this, take this, take this, take this, take this. I mean, I for about two weeks I did that. And um I remember when I got my first phone call, um, it was from a, a girl named Jennifer McAllister. I call her my Jenny Mac she She's, Oh, I'd be happy. I'd be happy to help you, you know, collect blankets. Mm-hmm. And I remember I cried like a baby. And then I got a phone call from a reporter. Yeah. A reporter here in Fort Worth. I'm not going to mention the network. And he asked if we could, Philip and I could come do a segment on his show. And uh, we did. And we did the segment and they asked Philip, what do you want? What are you, what are you trying to accomplish? He says, I want to get 5,000 blankets. <laughs> no kidding and I was just kind of it took me back too It's was like wow this kid he really wants these blankets and so um a screenwriter was actually watching the news and he uh, called me up and said I want to write a screenplay about your life and I just kind of shrugged that off to him I said okay and then he called me back again and he says Well, can we meet for coffee I'm like okay so we met for coffee, and um, then he started interviewing me over a lot. Of, it took months. It was months that he interviewed me. And so here we are today.
1: <laughs> That's a good uh, segue to bring Amin into the conversation. Uh I mean, how does uh, – a couple of questions. First of all, as a successful director yourself and involved in a lot of movies and uh, received awards, why did this project, why did this story appeal to you?
2: Well, in a way, um, when Doug Schaefer, the producer approached me, um, uh, he said, you know, we'd been classmates at AFI way back and he, he, he said, I want to send you this beautiful script that, uh, Matt Antonelli wrote, um, from Larry, um, Postel's screenplay. And I didn't know anything about the story and I just read it with a fresh, you know, blind, I I didn't know anything. Um, and it was, it reminded me of Rocky in a way. It was, you know, it's a Rocky story. Uh, it's a story of someone who gets beaten up by life and finds, keeps getting up and keeps rising uh, from the ashes and, and rebuilding themselves. And, uh, and it's a tender mother son story, but it has a, uh, a painful element, but it's a sort of story of triumph. And when the world beats you up, you keep getting up and and facing it. And uh, it's a story of selflessness. And it's not preachy. It's just uh, it it lets the actions of the characters. And you know, Cindy is an unsung hero. And those are the kind of stories I really gravitate yeah. towards. You know, just not doing it for glory. It's just doing it. She's doing it for her son. And it's like the, the her life is. Um, in the story, she loses control over the world around her, but she has one thing that keeps her, uh, going, which is p- providing for her son, you know, giving her, her son a mission. It's something they can focus on together. And it's something that we did with, with, when Anna Camp got involved in, in, you know, acting with Carson, um, Minear, who's the, the kid. Um, their dynamic, I hadn't met, uh, the real Cindy in person, um, yet until the day we were shooting, actually. But the, 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 the warmth between mother and son you see on screen when we were rehearsing and when we were shooting felt real, you know? And, and then when Cindy, the real Cindy came to visit, uh, it felt like, uh, and then Philip with her, actually, that day, it felt like we were kind of there was a divine guiding hand making all this happen in a way. I mean, the movie had, been, the script had been uh, floating around for eight to 10 years. I think by the time we actually got to make it and, but then I, I just got involved this th- last year. And, and in that short time where I was involved, it really felt serendipitous how it all came together and how quickly we went into production. We had only a month to to prep for the movie and then, 17-day shoot but there was no room for error but the way the locations came about the way we were able to find real homeless people actually because my dog ran ran into another dog was playing with another dog and then the the lady who owned that dog her daughter was um uh did charity work in fort worth not in fort worth in uh fayetteville where we filmed actually um And she was involved with the homeless there and we got to bring them to be real extras in the movie, which gave the movie a level of authenticity, I think. It really felt very divine
1: the way we were Mm. to to make this movie yeah well that's that's the best thing to happen when uh, when god god shows up and is involved cindy god definitely showed
0: up yeah yeah, i I want (laughs) to ask you about
1: that specifically but you know this movie is really uh, multifaceted it's your story and as amin said it's a it's a rocky story of somebody picking themselves up from a very very challenging circumstance it's also about clearly about homelessness but also about mental illness and um, just if you could just speak on that about how the movie really tackles some pretty tough issues, and but still kind of frames it around a, a beautiful story of uh, of uh, of uh, you know love and compassion and making oh. the best out of horrible circumstances.
0: Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Yeah,
1: yeah, Yeah. Cindy, go ahead.
0: Um, gosh, I just got off course. Um, when 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 it's just really crazy because when they were filming. The cast and the crew, just everybody was just—you could feel the warmth. I mean, at least I could, and it was just so beautiful. I mean, there's one scene that, in particular, that's my favorite scene, and it's a scene with Cindy Hogan, um, and she plays Delia in the movie. You remember Delia if you've seen? It? Yes.
2: The homeless, and, the Adelia who's homeless in the film. She's a
1: homeless. Mm, lady not, yes, right, playing. right. Who You you're befriended, yeah. right. Yes.
0: No, she befriended me. We
1: befriended <laughs>
0: each other. And um, she was more like a mentor, if that makes sense. Uh huh. You would think I would be mentoring her, but no, it's yeah. not the way around. She introduced me to a world that was so beautiful, but that most people, don't even look at. It, yeah, if that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. But, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. So they're they're in the shadows. Yeah,
0: yeah. They turn a blind eye to to these human beings, and they are human beings, and everybody has a story. Yeah. Everybody. And the stories that I've heard over the last twenty uh, years doing this, I mean, uh, Delia is basically my Charlie, um, which Charlie was a good friend of mine. You may have heard of it. That. The story about Charlie Garner in Fort Worth, but yeah, he was—he's uh, my Delia, and um, being around it makes me my spirit just—it brings up the best in me.
1: Yeah, I thought it was interesting. The early on in the movie, there was a scene where you and your son were in the car, and I think you were going out, sort of looking for your husband, and a homeless man came to your window. And you were kind of dismissive of him. You just and then and then your son ends up giving him five, ten dollars and you you chastise him for doing that. And, you know, go roll up the window. And so I'm just wondering about your own personal transformation, because clearly you were not a big. Lover of the homeless at one point, but you've, your heart has been, uh, yeah, yeah, mean do you want to comment on that? Yeah, let me, let me, uh, let me add something
2: to that moment. That's in the film. That's a moment that happens before her husband goes missing. And it's a, it's a, it's a film moment because I don't know how it was in real life, but it was definitely a note that I, it was actually not even that way in the script, but when we were shooting, I said, I think we need to have more reluctance from her because, you know, you try to create a, a, a character arc in the film. And so as it was in the script, basically he gives the, he gives the, the, the homeless man, uh, uh, some money and she doesn't question it. She doesn't say, what are you doing or, or, or all that in the script? But then when we, we were about to shoot it, I felt like it was missing some dramatic tension and, and it added to the dramatic arc of the character. So, uh, you know, you, you, when you make a movie about someone, you want to add some, um, uh Within the vocabulary of an hour and a half, two hours that you tell a movie, you want to give the transformation. So that was something I actually added in the script. I don't know what Cindy was like in real
1: life. Maybe you were like that in real life. I don't. I can't imagine I was, that you were.
2: You were. Like that, well, definitely. maybe so it's something we can all relate yeah. to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Most of us are that way. I mean, our yeah. first reaction typically is we don't want to be bothered. You know, exactly. <laughs> just let, let me keep going in my life. Yeah, uh And uh, our um, lives
0: that we
1: don't even.
0: You know, at that time I was so busy with my life that. It was all about, it was all about me. Yeah.
1: And I mean, one thing that really struck me in the movie and from a director standpoint is seeing life through the, the, uh, the, the lens of a mentally ill person. You had, you know, there are a lot of scenes that you're trying to kind of put us into his um, shoes and his, his mind. And that must have been very challenging from a directing standpoint. How did you pull that off?
2: Yeah. It was really tricky because. The movie is not like that's not a study of mental illness. We don't even say what it is in in the dialogue, uh, because we wanted to walk a fine line of really focusing on the mother and son. But also when we t- tackle the, the, when we see the father going through what he's going through, uh, you don't want to do it in a way that's, um, misleading or, or, or dishonest, you know? And I, I credit in large part, uh, Rob Mays, who played, uh, Bobby in, in the film to, for really doing his homework and kind of getting you, um, in that, getting in that headspace. And then it was a matter of seeing how he was and, and shooting it in, in a way where we stylized the, the shots the you know, the scenes where, we're down the spiral with him. Uh, we kind of added a little bit of um, very subjective point of view, and did some camera tricks and things like that. And then the music also, Panu Altio's score th- was really great and yeah. kind of putting us in the darker kind of seeing, hearing the, the doodling clarinets and the you know the the darker textures of the score counterbalancing the very optimistic, um, you know, uh, nature of of an uplifting movie. Um, So it was, I I love that because the movie isn't just like a walk in the park, you know, shiny roses and that. And there is a scene that we also added where, you know, in their quest to give blankets, it was something we added late in in the production. I wanted to show also more of the dangers, perhaps, when she's, out there, and there's a moment that that becomes very awkward that plays into the story. So it's not just like, hey, everybody's grateful. Some people are Mm -hmm. not going to... Be there to appreciate, you know, and that is part of the the challenge. It's not just a straight road of, hey, everybody's appreciative of what you do, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, one thing that I think the movie does is it really shows the power of one person with a good idea, you know, reaching out for other people. And, uh, Cindy, if you could talk about that, I know all mothers are proud of their sons, or most of them, anyways, but you must just be so terribly proud of what your son, uh, began with Philip's wish and, uh, maybe, maybe talk about what impact you would like to have the the average person watching who knows what this might begin they might go off and do their own good work and is that part of what you hope people will get out of this movie
0: that is exactly what we're hoping that people will take away from this film yeah is to um, to to get out there and help i mean people people don't know what to do They, they they really don't they'll ask well I don't even know where to start. Well, you just start, you just yeah. start. And once you start, you just keep going and you know, you're going to stumble and you're going to have roadblocks and, but you got to be able to rise above those roadblocks and pick yourself back up. And that was very challenging for me when I was going through what I was, what, what Philip and I were going through, it was Philip that always kept me going. Mm -hmm. i mean he was so humble and so sweet and he still is to this day he's still that same i look at him and it's crazy he's still that same kid but he's a grown adult but he still has yeah when i met him yeah when i met him
2: on the set i was like he he has an instant warmth that you just feel you know how old is philip now
0: He'll be 26 on Christmas Eve. 26. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And that actually, that's, that's funny that we, it, it's so like, it's so good that he was born on Christmas Eve that we had to take it out of the script because it sounded too,
1: too good, you know. Too made, too made up. Uh, too yeah. I, up
2: that he's on Christmas Eve. But one thing we did in his wardrobe, if you notice when you see the film, he's always in a, there's always in this warm yellow jacket or a yellow stripes on his, on his, uh, a school bag, or we always wanted him to be the flame that's that's driving the the action in the film. So that's
0: that's Carson, that yeah. And he said, "Carson, man, like he and Philip looked identical when Philip was when Philip was his age." Whoops, let me turn that off. Do you know that? His,
2: do you know that we when I cast Carson, I had no idea what the real Philip looks like. I had no idea but just wow. his audition was so like mind-blowingly beautiful that I I was like this is the kid again there's a Greater force, kind of guiding everything,
1: yeah, yeah, so talk about that either one of you jump in uh, you you both have referred to God, I know there's there's definitely a, a God is a prominent part in 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 the movie and divine providence, or what what are you hoping people from a spiritual standpoint uh, get out of this? How is it going to help them in their relationship with god
0: yeah, I, personally, I think it's going to draw them closer. To God. I, I know in my journey it did. I know without, with God, without God in my life that I wouldn't know what to do. He's always protected me every step of the way. I know who walks with me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, people always often ask me, how do you do that? How do you go out there and talk to those people? Aren't you scared? And I always thought, no, God walks with me. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not afraid.
1: And Cydia, is the five thousand blankets effort still anything still going on with that? Is that something that continued, yes. or and we, how? We what, never, what, tell us about what what's going on today with that effort, and how can people be involved? And then we want to talk about how people can get get to see the movie.
0: We we do it year round. We do it summertime. We do it wintertime. I mean, we do it every day. Um, I run a food pantry out of my garage just for the community um, for people that you know. Are we going to be able to pay our bills? Or are we going to be able to eat? So I prefer people pay their bills and then come here, and we give them that. And we don't ask questions. We the, there's no signing paperwork or background checks or any of that. If you're hungry, you're going to get fed because mm-hmm. that's what Jesus would have done. So I mean, it's grown from from just five thousand blankets to fifty thousand blankets to you know summertime you know water drives and clothes to just it's just i can't i've got my hands in so many things christmas toys for children <laughs> and it's anything. only going to get
1: bigger now with this movie coming out too. more people That's are going to so become so aware of it so <laughs> so brace yourself i mean <laughs> well what's the what's the uh reason for only two days in the theaters i see that sometimes this happens well why why do why what, what the what's the strategy there
2: In fact, the movie, when it was greenlit, uh, you know, it's, it's a small budget, one and a half million dollar movie by movie standards. It's a pretty small budget. Uh, when they greenlit the film, it was made for streaming. Um, uh, but my eye was on a theatrical experience. Uh, all my films have played in on the big screen before, and I, I wanted this to be a big screen experience. I told Rich uh, Peluso, who's the head of Sony Affirm when he was visiting, I said, I said, I'm making this for a big screen. So I, I, I don't know what he said. We'll see. And so, um, so certainly when we were, you know, in post production, when we, we cut the movie, delivered the, the director's cut, they, they were so happy with it. That they said, okay, we'll, we'll raise your music budget, give you what I wanted an orchestral score to give it like that full emotion. And, I, and when they said that, I felt like there's a good sign. And then when they said, okay, we're going to get it rated for theatrical, it was also a good sign. So, um, initially it was going to be a summer 2000, um, this year, it was going to come out in July on streaming. But then I was like, let's, let's go for Christmas season. This movie belongs in that time. And so it's a very competitive time for movies, but they 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 said we're going to go theatrical. So it, I feel lucky that we're getting, uh, though it is two nights, it's on eight hundred screens in every yeah. major city in the U.S. So um, so it's kind of being fit around the avatars of the world. Uh, so it's hard to get a uh, screens at that time of the year, but so we're lucky that we have that. But it, it was a movie made for streaming, but when they saw it, they said, okay, this warrants a a communal theatrical experience, and I think that's the best way to see movies, you know.
1: Yeah, very good. Well, we are still, uh, as of the time that this is going to run, a couple of days before uh, the the movie is released, Uh, what's the best way for people to buy their tickets in advance and also find where the the closest theater is?
2: Yeah, uh, so if you go to five thousand, the number 5000blanketsmovie.com, uh, or fathomevents.com. You can see, just put in your city and it'll tell you all the theaters that it's playing at. And typically AMC, Cinemark, Regal, you know, those types of theaters. Uh, you can buy tickets uh, at the theater or you can get them in advance. Um, it's uh, playing on the nights of December 12th and 13th, which is Monday and Tuesday, uh, at 7 p.m., uh, in all major cities. So it's, if you're in a city of,
1: You know, enough population, it's probably playing in two or three theaters at least. Yeah, very much. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I uh, just want to remind everybody I'd like to give uh, Cindy you the last word here in a moment, but I've been speaking to Cindy Bunch, who is the real life. Uh, mom and, uh, wife, uh, of this, uh, story, 5,000 blankets and also joined by Amin, uh, Matelka, who is the director of the movie. And Cindy, do you want to just give one, uh, last pitch or appeal to folks why they should come out on Monday or Tuesday next week and watch this movie other than what we've already talked about? What, 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 what are they going to get out of it?
0: What, what are they not going to get out of
1: it? <laughs>
0: They, it's a, it's such a beautiful, beautiful, raw movie. They, it's gonna, honest to God, if this doesn't make people move to action, nothing will. Right. It, it's that good. And you can also go to our website at philipswish.com and buy a tickets. It just the same way you can watch the trailer and buy tickets. You just put in your zip code. And it shows you all the theaters everywhere in the United States that it's going to be showing. I encourage everybody to see this film. Everybody. It is that beautiful. I mean, that the directing was amazing. It 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 was like a big family. Everybody was just so, it just felt like church yeah yeah <laughs> even though it was cold and we were freezing to death, it just felt we were just like a big group of people that were just you could feel the love and in- in yeah, there's
2: a lot of love. I've been 100%, 100%.
1: Yeah, well, that's, that's what you should have. Well, thanks to you both. I appreciate it very much. This has been the KTH 910 a.m. interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And, uh, you can go to, um, 5000Blankets.com, I think you mentioned, and also Fathom Fathom Blankets Events Movie. Yeah. Oh, 5000BlanketsMovie.com. I, I apologize. FathomEvents.com and then PhillipsWish.com as well, if you want to learn, uh, more about, uh, Cindy and Philip and their ongoing effort. Or you can buy tickets there as well. Uh, Well, God bless you. Thank you for using your talents for God's glory. And uh, we hope that many of our viewers and listeners will get out next Monday and Tuesday, the 12th and the 13th, to watch this great movie. Yeah, they don't want to miss it. This is something they
0: don't want to miss. God bless you so much for having us. And I'm I'm just very humbled that I got to see my friend that I haven't seen in a while. We do talk, you know, perfectly. But seeing
2: his face is
0: just it just, it made my day. This really made my day. Well, I'm glad I could
1: help bring you, you two too. together. Like, thank uh, you. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. I'm Dave Palmer, and, uh, you know, I am a product of Catholic school education. I went to St. Patrick's uh, grade school from fourth through eighth grade in Dallas, and then Jesuit uh, college prep for my high school years. so I uh, appreciate, and I can tell you lots of stories of how Catholic uh, school education has blessed me, and that's what we're going to talk about during the next 25 minutes, is not only Catholic school education and the benefits of it but also how you can be part of supporting the effort to uh, allow um families and to, who want to send their their kids to catholic schools uh, to make that easier for them and you may be familiar with the Halo initiative we've talked about it a number of times here on the radio Jane Kenicky is the executive director and she joins me in studio and so we're glad to have her here with uh, with us and also Rick Spur is the chair uh, chairman of the board of the Halo initiative and he joins us uh, Via phone, so welcome to both of you. Thanks for being here thank, thank you. you sir all right uh, jane for the I said most people have probably heard about it uh, for those who haven 't what is the Halo initiative? Uh, Halo, of course makes us think of angels i don 't know mm-hmm. if it 's an acronym mm-hmm. or or what, but uh, well, what is it before we get started into how you know a little bit more of the nuts and bolts of it
3: yeah, okay, so Halo is an organization, it's actually a public charity. So it's a 501c3, and it's unusual in that it's independent of the church and schools, yet it exists to support Catholic education. So, you know, it's under the premise, we know that Catholic schools are great for the Dallas community. Anyone who's Catholic or not really um, appreciates the results that come out of Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. We know there's just an excellence there. And we recognize that in Dallas, we had a very, very rich environment. Um, we've got a lot of great things going for us in Dallas, an endowment trust, some really strong tuition assistance, the philanthropy, what we realize from our local foundations and other organizations is really, is just among the best in the country and maybe the world. And so, having the Halo Initiative come alongside all of this, we actually are kind of the tide that lifts the boats. Mm-hmm. We we uh, help to fill in some gaps. And what's most important about us, you know, we're working very hard to open up access to Catholic education, and um, we're coming up with new innovative ways to do that. And we do it by working very closely with the Catholic school leaders. Mm-hmm. And so we, we don't show up and and tell them this is how we're gonna do it. We work very collaboratively with them to make sure we're um, you know, helping to solve their biggest challenges that they really don't have the resource to tackle by
1: themselves. And I see that uh, you have a board, as uh, all 501c3s have. And I see some familiar names on here, Don Hanratty and uh, Father Alphonse Nazaro. So what is kind of the, the organization uh, of the uh, the 501c3 of the, the HALO Initiative?
3: Yeah, so we have a very active board. It's a, it's a fairly small and tight board because we're really a toddler organization. We were recognized uh, in 2020 as a 501c3. And, um, so we've purposely stayed very, uh, tight and focused, uh, to, you know, really make sure that we were, um, getting the wins that we were looking for to, to truly make a difference and an impact that was needed. And so the, you know, Rick is the chair, uh, Joe Popolo, Don Hanratty, Bill Schaffler, Laura Fox, Father Alphonse Nazaro, as you mentioned, Dr. Matt Variki. those of you who know him, he was superintendent and we. Still got,
1: involved, huh? St- oh, yeah, nice. we got
3: him to stay involved with us, which is awesome because he's needed to move to Fort Worth, but he stays on our board. And of course, he has such a, um, a rich knowledge and um, connections in Catholic education. It's been very helpful. Mm-hmm. And then we also have our associate superintendent, Dr. Veronica Alonso, that I know you have on the show oh, quite yeah, regularly yes. In both
1: languages, yeah, <laughs> yes
3: exactly. and so this group ha- brings a really interesting breath and um, connections into a variety of Catholic and other organizations, so it's a it's a great representation of the community and um, brings some fresh approach to this you know these this innovative work we're mm-hmm. trying to do.
1: How is uh, Halo Initiative different from other nonprofits, other five hundred one c threes? What's unique about it?
3: So, I mentioned that there there are some organizations that are somewhat similar across the country. Mm-hmm. There are some that are completely independent of the church, but often um, they're not as aligned with the Catholic school leaders as we are. We we work very much in tandem. And so I think that helps to make us unique. And then the fact that we are independent. There are more organizations that actually ladder up into a diocese or uh, a section of schools. And the fact that we're independent, it allows us to work with folks who either cannot or will not work with the church or a faith entity of some sort. So we're super agile. We're all about testing and learning. Mm-hmm. So the Halo Initiative will never have a big staff. We purposely want to stay really agile and focused on the testing and learning we help schools to adopt what is learned in the pilots that we're doing. And then we move on to the
1: next pilot. Mm-hmm. And Halo Initiative is, is exclusive to the Dallas Diocese. Is that right? It's not like some other diocese could say, Hey, we'd like you to help us as well. Is, 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 is that the case or, or being independent, could you work on other projects as well? If, if you so decided down the road,
3: yeah, down the road, we sure could. I mean, okay. we've got plenty to do here, but I will tell you, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting being independent i get to work with the independent catholic schools as yeah. well and so even that it's you know i have some donors who really appreciate that if they wanted to uh, create a grant or uh, do some tuition assistance through halo they're able to do that across all the schools regardless of whether they're diocesan or
1: independent We are talking about the Halo Initiative, and my guest in studio is Jane Kennecke, Executive Director. On the phone is Rick Spurr, Chairman of the Board for the Halo Initiative, and, uh, Rick's probably wondering, is he ever going to bring me in the conversation? So,
4: (laughs) here's your opportunity. (laughs) Rick, uh. just fine, thank you. Go
1: ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, so I, uh, many of our, our listeners may be meeting you for the first time, uh, you know, at least on the radio. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you uh, became connected with the HALO Initiative? And then uh, I'll have a, a question about the, the first project after that. But uh, tell sure. us about yourself, if you will.
4: Thank you. I um, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. I went to a K-8 Catholic school there. And then went on to St. Louis University High School, which is the Jesuit equivalent in St. Louis. Um, In St. Louis, it was an all-boys preparatory uh, Jesuit high school. And then went on to Notre Dame and then went into the business world and worked for IBM for 17 years. And then I did technology startups uh, for a couple of decades. And I uh, retired from the CEO position at a company called Zix Corporation in Dallas, uh, in 2016, I stayed on that board. It's a publicly traded company. I stayed on that board until 2020, and uh, and now I'm officially, I guess, retired. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, when I quit, stepped out from CEO position, I said I had needed to give back. I'd always talked about doing that, and I didn't really have the time, nor did I commit myself to that. So I started getting involved with Notre Dame and one day they called me and said, do you know that the new superintendent is a Notre Dame graduate and he's starting in Dallas on Monday? And I said, Nope. So I called Dr. Matt Fricke, and he and I became friends and have been close ever since. So when he formed Halo, uh, he asked me if I would join the board and, uh, I did. And then subsequently became chairman.
1: No, okay. Well, thank you for that information. Uh, What what about the first project? Uh, I know this is all relatively new. Uh, What what, what was the first uh, project all about, and what was your involvement?
4: So so what we're about is our mission is to strengthen, grow the impact of, and provide broad-based access to our Catholic schools. And so our first project, uh, working again with the Catholic Schools Office, they identified five pilot schools that had had declining enrollment and you know once the ball starts rolling down the hill it it takes a lot of energy to reverse the momentum so we took those five pilot pilot schools and they gave us targets of new enrollment new students uh, for the 2021-2022 school year and we created a discount structure that was available only to brand new families to the schools. So it couldn't be a sibling. It couldn't be somebody who would previously been in or, or was now enrolled. They had to be brand new families. They got a 50% discount, which we funded uh, for the first two years. Some analysis we had done previously told us that once a family gets in a high quality Catholic school, they stay. Mm-hmm. Whether they continue to get tuition assistance or not, they somehow figured it out it 's so vital to their to their family and and their future so just getting them in the school was the, was a the challenge. So we had targets that totaled one hundred and thirty nine students across these five schools. We invested with the help of donors, specifically the Mike and Mary Terry Foundation. We invested in some professional marketing materials and outreach. Uh, social media into the neighborhoods that were relevant and we achieved our objective. We added 109 new families, 139 new students uh, for the 2021, 2022 school year in those five schools. The average enrollment increase for those five schools went from declining percentages to growth of 14% uh, on average over the, over that uh, that period of time, the prior school year to twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. So you can imagine some of these um, some of them were up close to 20 percent. So you can imagine how the injection of of new vibrancy and energy and most importantly, funding uh, can set these schools on a different trajectory on on the point of funding. uh, Our commitment, Hale's commitment is around nine hundred thousand dollars over the course of that two year project. Um, the families pay their share and then once year three comes, they have to find full tuition or use available, um, tuition assistance funds that are available today, uh, to continue paying on their own. So when you look at those, the 139 kids over the course of that 10 year period from kindergarten to eighth grade, um, it'll bring in another $5 million. So we're talking about us putting in 900000 and the school's getting close to $6 million, hmm. which is really phenomenal and changes them in a very significant way. Uh, people thought that the currently enrolled families would be upset by this discounting structure, but when we explained what it was going to mean to the school and how it would help manage the risk of rising tuitions, over the years to come, they bought in 100% and, in fact, helped us recruit some of those new families.
1: Very good. So now we're in the second year of this now, and I guess the plan um, and I'll, I'll go back to Jane Keneke now. The plan now is to keep uh, this funded. Now I realize the, the Halo 139 refers to the 139 students that uh, were uh, blessed by this initial push. So am I right, Jane? Is this what we need to keep this going so the next round of fundraising to uh, keep yeah, um, fund a new group or to, to help fund the, the same group that was uh, helped in the first place or what 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 is the goal now?
3: So we are still working to fund this uh, Halo 139 yeah. pilot that we've been working on so we're about to enter the fourth of four semesters with this and you know so just to, to show you the progress we have raised uh, about $600,000 and I've got about 325000 more to go. The goal by the end of December, I'm getting closer, but I, <laughs> I'm looking to uh, raise another $62,400. Yeah, 21 days yeah. as of the, the time of this, this runs, yeah. And the, the momentum behind this yeah. is that uh, the Popolos have been very generous to offer a uh, match. They give us a dollar match for every $2 we raise through December. So it's been a really important time to finish funding this program. And the great thing about that, I mean, Rick can tell you a bit more about the other kinds of projects we're looking at. But once we finish funding this, we can get on with some other things that the Catholic schools really need us Mm -hmm. to do.
1: Yeah, you gotta get this one finished up first. Mm -hmm. Uh, So anybody who's listening, whether they can make a big gift or a small gift, uh, they can can contribute to this, right?
3: Absolutely, and it's it's very easy. You know, of course our website is haloinitiative.org and you can see there's a nice little icon at the top called our Hand in Hand Challenge and it makes it real simple to go make a donation there. Or you can find, um, my information on the site as well, but it's jane at org. I'd love to talk with anybody who would like to know more about the kinds of things that we're up to and how you might jump in with us to help support Catholic education.
1: All right. Jane, uh, jane at haloinitiative.org, the website haloinitiative.org. I'm curious, these hundred families, uh, who have been so blessed and, uh, you know, again, had never really had children in Catholic schools, and now they do, going into their uh, fourth semester, as you mentioned. What kind of feedback do you get from yeah. them? They must be really eternally grateful for this opportunity.
3: Uh, you know, so um, I'm going to try not to tear up as I tell some of these stories, but I've had the benefit. I go back out and I interview them. And, in fact, I'm, I'm very glad we're um, getting geared up for maybe university student, to do a capstone around this and see, you know, what really happened mm-hmm. in in this activity we've done, but the parents, you know, I, I've talked to so many who, you know, sometimes they have kids that do great in a public school, but there are we have met so many families who have found their child who'd been shy or uh, limited in some way joined the small classrooms that are part of a Catholic education and they just saw their child unfold in a whole new way within a few weeks. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about one little girl in particular that I met and she was a bit bullied before she got there. She was in a really big school and within a few weeks she went from being someone who hardly said a word to someone who was leading cantering at mass,
1: mm, that's nice,
3: and you know, so to talk to the mother um the words that she said that really resonated with me were, the people here at this school see my child like I see my child, yeah, yeah. and so the full potential of what this young lady could be. Was just you know unfolding before their eyes mm-hmm. within days and weeks, and yeah. it was just helping her to be in an env- in an environment where mind, body, spirit, we were all in on helping to helping this little girl to develop into who God meant her to be.
1: Yeah, that's what every parent wants for their children, for sure. Uh, thank you for that. Those are beautiful stories. Uh, Rick, Jane Jane already kind of highlighted what is still needed in the next, uh, you know, the, the, the few weeks that remain in this uh, month until the end of the calendar year. Is there anything that you want to uh, kind of highlight as far as uh, kind of calls to action of what people can do right now if they're listening?
4: Uh, in terms of fundraising? Yes, Well, so many of us have uh, the intention to contribute and make a difference. And uh, sometimes it becomes part of our tax planning annually. And, of course, our plea is just keep us in mind. um, If you do have money that you're deciding to give to a charity, remember the story about HALO and uh, how we're changing the schools in Dallas. and, And please consider helping us the the uh The Popolo thing that Jane mentioned uh, here's a single family, obviously they're well off. Joe's on our board, but they stepped up with a hundred thousand dollars. They've seen the impact of this, and they said look we'll we'll contribute a hundred thousand dollars specifically to this project, but we'd like to see a, a two for one match, and so you know if, if that happens and we're close, if we're halfway through it, um we're going to be close to funding this entire project."
1: Very nice. And uh, yeah, as, as Rick mentioned, Jane, end of the year is a time when a lot of people for tax purposes uh, need to make donations. And so this is a great opportunity for that as well. Uh, all right, anything else uh, um, that you guys want to mention? We have a few minutes remaining in this interview. I just want to remind everybody, we're talking about the Halo Initiative, and this is an effort to raise funds to help families who have never been in Catholic schools uh, enroll their children and get discounts and tuition to, uh, at, at five, uh, chosen schools in, in the Dallas Diocese. And the website is haloinitiative.org, haloinitiative.org. And, uh, my guests are Jane Kennecke, the executive director, and also Rick Spurr, who is chairman of the board of the Halo Initiative. So I'd like to just give you each, you know, a couple minutes, however much time you want, uh, to, to just, uh, speak to our listeners. Anything else maybe that we didn't mention or anything else you'd like to talk about the Halo Initiative that uh, that, that would help people make a decision to support this? Uh, Jane, you want to go first?
3: Sure. I would say, you know, and something that I've become more aware of, many of us have an affiliation with one or two or three Catholic schools that we're well aware of. Maybe our kids went there or we, we know somebody who's been there. Um, what Halo is able to do is to look across the Catholic system and to help streamline, to help um, make things more efficient across the schools. So even when it comes to working with a local foundation, for example, we don't stop and think about it, but the way things have operated for many years, they would like to help Catholic education and they, and schools themselves don't realize how hard we make it for them to help us. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, Halo, if if we know of six or eight schools that need um improved security or, you know, it could be a- any number of things. I mean, we can help to pull together that information in a way that the foundations really appreciate, first of all, the buying power, but also, you know, they don't have large staffs. They... Mm. They don't have the ability to go deep with lots of little requests. They really want us to pull it together. And so... Those are the kinds of things that we help to open up and make possible that haven't been possible before for the Catholic schools. So that, that's something that a lot of folks who support the Halo Initiative really enjoy.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Jane. And Rick, I'll give you the last word. I was touched by what you said in, in introducing yourself about clearly having a, uh, you know, a successful uh, career in business. And I think you said 17 years at IBM and uh, working with startups. And then you said, I, I just wanted, I, when I retired, I, I wanted to give back. And I think a lot of people have that sentiment. Uh, regardless of how much they have, they, they feel that they've been blessed and they want to give back. So um, any, anything else related to that or otherwise that you'd like to say to, uh, to our listeners as we close this up?
4: The, the only thing we, we fail to mention that I think is very important is in addition to this work that we've described, we provide a service to distribute tuition assistance from uh, the golf tournament and the uh, Dallas Educational Endowment Trust, we get paid for doing that work in part by the diocese and in part by the Dallas uh, Endowment Trust. And those those incoming fees offset all of our operational costs. So any donations, none of that will go to Hale's operations, all of that, 100% of that goes directly to the schools and the children and the families. Uh, and I think that's an important
1: point. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Thank you for pointing that out. Well, thanks to both of you for being here. And I pray for success. Uh, sounds like you're on the right track and you got a few weeks to, to close this out uh, as we close out uh, 2022 and then 2023 will bring some new opportunities and uh, for people to give to Halo as well. Jane, thank you for coming in studio. Jane Kennecke, Executive Director. If you want to reach her directly, you can email her, uh, jane at haloinitiative.org. Can I give the phone number too? Sure. 972. Uh, 972- 69-9346. Six, six, nine, nine, and also Rick spur Chairman of the Board for the Halo Initiative. Rick, thank you for your time uh, today as well.
4: Thank you for the opportunity.
1: Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. We hope you've enjoyed
2: this presentation of Catholic news and information pertinent to North Texas Catholics. Please join us again
4: next week. Thanks for listening to KATH 910
2: AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic Radio for your soul in North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone.